And now the end is near. It's just it's so, so I face. The, the final, final curtain. curtain. There it is. It's so great. I mean, I'll just leave you guys alone. You guys have a good time. I mean, this is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. I really hate being the first voice that you hear on the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody, but no, you don't. Something just happened right before that needs explaining. And if I let my dad do it, it'll just turn into a debacle. Um, I, I'm in I'm in my dad's house right now. I didn't bring my equipment because I was like, you know, me and my dad, my dad has a microphone. I'm just going to sit with my dad and we'll record on the same mic. But when he wanted to give me the headphones, he uses it. My dad is still, I guess, yet he's doing it too. These little earpiece headphones where the wax there's wax. Long story short, my dad has the most disgusting headphones I've ever seen in my life. Dad, explain yourself. I mean, excuse me for having earwax. Uh, you know, it, it's the most normal. Do you not clean your ears? Do you not clean your ears? I mean, you know, it's, it's a natural function. They clean themselves. You know, I'm oh. against um, Q-tips because that's the worst thing you can do. What? So I do not use Q-tips. Uh, I do have earwax buildup. Uh, you know, EWB, I suffer from that, but, um, cause you have, you do have large ears. I don't know if that like has an effect on how much earwax you have. Your ears are very long. Uh, I have Cody ears. We have the Lyndon Baines ears. Johnson ears. Yeah. <laughs> ears. That's right. That's what people have been saying for a while. <laughs> you are LBJ. I mean, and it starts with the ears. Believe me. I don't know how that started by the way, but I can't deny it based on the ears. So you really don't clean your ears? No, never. Who does? Oh my gosh. Oh. I, I, that's one of my quirks. If I get out of the shower and I don't clean my ears, I've got this psychosomatic thing that I'm going to get sick within like three days. Yeah. And sometimes I do. Okay. Well, we've established that you're paranoid Yeti yes. and you think, uh, you know, you think a boulder is about to fall from the sky right under your head. We get that. But, um, <laughs> no, I just, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with my earwax, but dad, even me, I'm, I'm, I, I can have I can have some caveman t- like tendencies, but I clean my ears at least twice a week. Like after a really? shower, just throw the old swab in there. I am daily. Wow. And, and, and do you always have wax in there? Or it's always clean because you clean it so often. It depends. There there are days where like it'll be clean, no no real problems at all. But then others, I can tell I was draining something around, and so just get it taken care of, and I don't have to worry about it anymore. I wonder if people are listening to this. Are you a Yeti? Are you a Chris? Are you a Greg? That's a good question. We'll put that on the poll later. <laughs> You know, I, I read years ago that, I, and, and this is nothing against Q-Tip. Okay, the Q-Tip Corporation, great company, blah, 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 blah. But the Q-Tip jams the earwax further in. Like when you think you're taking it out with a Q-Tip, you're just jamming it further in the ear canal. That's the guy that never cleans his ears. I mean, Dad, there's a technique to it, a, a, a sweeping technique where you're not pushing, you're cleaning. A sweeping technique. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> what are we curling in in winter olympics what are we doing here i'd be the gold medalist dad are we excited about today's episode uh we are because um we have on matt collins now if you've never heard of matt collins i feel like we need to say this name slowly because people that aren't huge dolphin fans might be hearing matt collins yeah that's true <laughs> like okay this is, it's a name if you say quick you can it can be four different names yeah this guy's it's mac as in mac daddy <laughs> and it's Hollins with an H. There you and go. All right. 
Now, down here in, in, in South Florida, we know this guy because he's, I think he's become like a cult hero for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, he's a fan favorite. He's definitely a fan favorite. Yeah, he definitely is. He, he leads the league in, in touchdown receptions. He's come out of nowhere. It leads the team. Leads the team. Isn't that what I said? I thought you said league, but you whatever. Oh, league. Well. Okay, my bad. <laughs> but uh, it'd be better if he led the league, but you know, we'll take what we can get. But um, <laughs> and, and beyond the football, though, I found this guy fascinating. And he was very fascinating. I'm not going to tease it. I'm, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm not going to give everything away. Let's not do the thing where you say all seven things that we talk about with him. But he's very right. interesting. Right. I wasn't in on this interview, and I'll say he made a strong case to become my to replace Kyle Van Noy as my favorite NFL player right now. It's been Van yeah. Noy for a few years, and wow. And I think it might be Mac Hollins. The fact that he's a Tar Heel helps, but still. Like, he's yeah. cool. He's really yeah, cool. Yeah, he is. It, it was a fun interview. You guys are going to want to listen to it. Um, before we get to that, I want to pay an homage to the late, great Michael Nesmith, uh, the monkey, who passed away a few days ago at age 79. And it, this is a mea culpa. Okay. On this podcast, or maybe it was on the Levitard show, or maybe it was both. Recently, I had some fun at Mike Nesmith's expense because... My wife and I saw the monkeys in concert just a month ago, turned out a couple of weeks before this gentleman passed away. And I was having fun on the air about how the monkeys made me feel young because they were so old and, and how Mike Nesmith was looked so frail on stage. And then the poor guy, a few weeks later, passes away at age like 79. And I genuinely felt bad because... It, it was a reawakening uh, for me. It made me realize just because I'm on the older side, it doesn't give me license to like make fun of old people. I mean, I genuinely felt bad when I heard that Mike Nesmith, who I'd sort of poked fun at, had passed away. It just it really hit me. This is a tough one because like, you know, you're doing a show where you're trying to be interesting and entertaining. So like a lot of times you can say things and, you know, I, I think when it comes down to when it like with things like this, it's like, is your heart in the right place? Like, what are you, what are you getting out of making fun of him? And I think it wouldn't be that fun if you're just like, yeah, I, I watched the monkeys perform and they were nice. Like right. it's more funny <laughs> if you're, you know, self-deprecating about your age and you're talking about how you felt young. Like, like I referenced that Mike Nesmith was so frail that on stage, um, you know, for half of the concert, he would be sitting on a stool while the other monkey was being the lead guy and singing and everything like that. And, you know, you just when you say that and you sort of poke fun like that, you just never imagine that. Wow. When we saw Mike Nesmith, he had two or three weeks to live. It's just astounding yeah. to me to just to think in those terms. And um, and, and I do feel bad. So R.I.P. Uh, Mike Nesmith, who had a great career in music. He really did. So, Greg, on that note, you actually sound like you're not next to death's door. So congrats on that. You sound pretty good today. Wow. <laughs> Your voice does sound good. Your voice does sound good. Wow, that's uh... <laughs> and I think and you and you you have a uh, an out with that with this whole kind of conversation because we know that when you finally do heal over, Dan will have made fun of your like frailness within a week prior. So whatever you're feeling, just so you know, the entire Levitard show is going to have that feeling when you finally do you know kick the can. Yeah, is that what you do? Is that what happens when you don't kick the can? Is that is that the... yeah, no kick kick the bucket is the is the phrase? Yeah, kick okay. the bucket. Right. I've never kicked a can. I've never kicked a can or a bucket. 
Uh, I have kicked a 50-yard field goal, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> We're not going to go there. But uh, um, should we get to, to Matt Coll- uh, Hollins? I almost said Matt Collins. I'm a real dope. To Mac Hollins. Return of the Mac. That's right. Mac Daddy. Uh, when, when I say Mac Daddy, it makes me sound hip, but I have no idea what it means. It makes me really uncomfortable when you do. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. What does yeah. that even mean, Mac Daddy? You know, I think it's someone who thinks of themselves as a powerhouse in the bedroom refers to themselves as a Mac Daddy. Baby. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. When I think of Mac, I think of Mac trucks and I think of Mac the Knife. So we're going to get to Mac Collins right now. Very interesting. Uh, and I almost teased it by referencing an 11 foot boa, but I'm not going to do that. We're going <laughs> right to get right into We're going to get right into the interview. Here's Mac Collins of the Miami Dolphins. First of all, Mac, I want to give you an, uh, a little bit of an early Christmas gift um, wow. uh, for the way you cut through defenses. Uh, I'm going to bestow upon you the nickname Mac the Knife. Ah, oh, a Bobby, little Bobby Darren. I, lo- I love yeah, it. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Listen, I heard I heard you're actually a Frank Sinatra fan, so I knew you would have heard of Bobby Darren. How about that? I I am. I'm a. Uh, I think my vinyl collection is looking over there. I think it's it's upward almost 300, 300 vinyls. I'm getting there. Wow. Yeah, so I have a, a bit, bit of a collection. It all came from my, growing up. My mom used to always play that type of music when she was cooking and stuff. So I just, old blue eyes kind of hooked me. Oh, that's super. There's just something about vinyl that sets the mood more. Yeah. If you play it off your phone or a Bluetooth, it, if you're cooking something up, like it's just something about the needle and vinyl is different. I love it. I, I too have an extensive uh, LP collection vinyl, but uh, most of mine are from from way before you were born. I, I've just got, old. Like, and, and they're still great. When you play a record album from the 70s, I love the the slight imperfection in it. Yeah, all those little sounds you get, you know. That little, yeah, that little, the crackles, the pop, the, just ah, a little bit. I yep. love that stuff. You can only get from the from the LPs. That's right. So, Mac, um, your favorite Sinatra song is what? Because that catalog is is just world record setting. You you came to an old. This guy's like he might stay here the whole time. Like I'm, I'm promise you, we're only going to ask you a couple Sinatra questions. Listen, I could stay here right with you. Um, that's tough to to narrow that down to one. I've always had some sort of connection to my way. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know if it's like the rebellious, like, that's just how I want to live my life. Uh, and I'm hearing how he's living. I'm like, man, I'm playing catch up. <laughs> or like, it's a very good year. Uh, Summer Wind is like one that's great when you're yeah. you play on the vinyl and everybody will know it. Like in New York, New York is like, everybody's going to know it. And oh, I know this song. I've heard it. Uh, right. So there's just so it's, it's tough to say, like, this is the one song. He has so many where in any mood you're in, you can you can play a Sinatra song and you're going to be set. You can play really a whole album and you'll be set. Right. I, I love um, my way for the way it starts off. It starts off like a funeral dirge. Yep. And now <laughs> the end is near. It's just it's and so. So I face the, the final, final curtain. curtain. Yep. There it is. It's so great. I mean, I'll just <laughs> leave you guys alone. You guys have a good time. <laughs> That's uh, now uh, another thing, Mac, I've, I've heard, by the way, I, I don't know if you saw it or not, but my um, Herald colleague, Daniel, a couple of weeks ago or whatever, uh, wrote a story about you in the Miami Herald. And the headline was to call you the most interesting man on the Dolphins. <laughs> so that's, that's quite a role to, to fulfill. Uh, yeah. So you get a you get a high bar set for you here. So uh, uh, we need you to bring it. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about is I'm, I'm trying to paint the picture of you as a high school senior walking through the hallways, uh, wearing a suit and carrying a briefcase. Yeah. How did that happen? Every day. So 
obviously my whole my whole life i always wore one thing or the other like everybody else uh, and then senior year came around i start wearing the the suit and the briefcase and at first it's that first week it's like mac won't last like mac's not gonna make it <laughs> he's just wearing it just to wear it like he wanted to be you know, he gets some attention for the first for the first week of school or whatever. Right. Um, and I always said, like, I'll dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And people used to always call me Lil O for Lil Obama because Obama had uh, been elected. And that is quite the nickname. Yeah. So I, I was so at the time I used to have these uh, I used to work at a golf course, Congressional Country Club in Bethesda. And I used to work in the in the golf area and I used to print out the little wraps that go around the clubs. I had made some custom ones that said like Lil O 2028 uh, and something else. And I used to put them on like every dollar that I every dollar I spent, I'd stick them on like I'm just doing marketing out here. Um, so I wore the suit and stuff. And Fridays was casual Friday. So I could come out the suit in the tide, wear a college shirt. Uh, but it was just something that I, I, going back to the interesting man on the dolphin, it's just something that I, if I stick on something, I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like, I'm just going to do it. Everybody's going to think it's weird for a little while. And then they'll just be like, well, that's just Mac. Uh, so I started doing it. And I think it just, it was good for me. I think it really like taught me to just be able to walk through whatever you decide to do. Obviously, there were plenty of people that said he's doing it for attention. He's doing it for this. And then once you can s- learn to silence that type of stuff out, it's like, who cares? Like, That's cool. Wear whatever you want. If I go in there in a bikini, so be it. Like, that's what I chose to wear and I'm going to live with it. Now, was the was the briefcase for show only? Was it like totally empty or was it a working briefcase? Yeah. What do we have in there? I need to know. The briefcase has always been top secret. So even when I've been in the NFL, I bring I'll bring the briefcase when we go on away games and we dress up. And that's the top question is, Mac, what's in the briefcase? Because like I'll bring the briefcase, but then I'll have my playbook on the side. Uh-huh. Um, and if I open the briefcase up, it's like I sl- slide a hand in there because I know everything that's in there, pull whatever I need out, wow. close it, lock it back up, turn the dial so you can't get in. Wow. The briefcase is, is pure imagination. Wow. So you're a man of mystery. That's one of the biggest questions on the entire Dolphin roster is what's in your briefcase. Th- yes. Yes. <laughs> Past players and, and current there. Who knows what's in Max briefcase? <laughs> OK, by the way. Um, I don't think we ever gave you a formal introduction because we're an amateur uh, podcast here, but uh, we're speaking with Matt Collins, Collins, who's um, one of the top receivers on the Dolphins this year. And I can say that because you're fourth on the t- you're tied for first on the team with four touchdown catches. And I feel like you've really uh, taken advantage of the fact that it's it's been sort of an injured wide receiver room with Devante and, and Will Fuller missing so many games. And you've really stepped up. How's that been for you? It's been good. Uh, you know, all, in this league, the, the number one thing is taking care or taking advantage of opportunities. You never know when they'll come, but when they come, uh, you 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 have to be ready. And I probably say that's a testament to number one, how I was raised, but number two, because I was a walk-on. It's very similar to when I was a walk-on where the scholarship guy can drop three balls a day. Right. But if the walk-on goes in there and drops a ball, that's like dropping 50 balls. You know, I when I get an opportunity, it has to be you know, very, very well done. I have to know exactly where to line up. I have to know exactly what route to run. And if the ball does happen to come my way, I better catch it or else it's, well, we shouldn't put him back in there. We can try somebody else out. Uh, so it's I've kind of built up to this and I've been prepared without knowing I was preparing my whole college and high school career. Enough football for now. I want to know about your snakes. Oh, <laughs> so snakes are, uh, I guess animals are a passion of mine. Grew up, I had all types of animals. Obviously I had the, a dog, 
Um, but I also had turtles, fish. Uh, my dad had a bunch of animals when he grew up. Uh, he had some more exotic animals than me. He had monkeys and he had a lion. Um, and then when I got to college, everybody wants a dog and I would have loved to have a dog, but I'm staying in some one bedroom apartment. Yeah. Uh, and every training camp, you go to a hotel for basically a month and nobody can take care of their animals, but they get some girl to take care of them. And she takes care of them for a week. And that's great. She's, she's taking care of that dog, feeding it twice a day. <laughs> and then after that week, she's like, I don't feel like taking care of this. Like this is still my summer break. <laughs> So she tries to find somebody to take care of it and they don't really want to take. So it goes down the line and you come back and the dogs chewed up half the, half the building. Um, the, the room is destroyed cause it's peed everywhere. Uh, whereas I have the snakes and they can go a month. I have them all set. The temperature set, the water changes, uh, the humidity set. So everything is set and they can go really, they can go months without eating. I feed them every week, but sometimes they'll, you know, if they're not wanting to eat, they'll go months without eating. So I can go a month at training camp without eating or, 10 days and then off on our off day, I'll go in and feed them and then come, go back to the hotel. So when it came to practicality, snakes were, were where it was at. So I, I currently have two snakes. My son has one snake. Wow. Uh, and then hopefully I can get, get some more uh, animals in the collection. So I don't know anything about snakes other than, you know, in my front yard, I'll see like a little garden snake that's, you know, a black snake that's like a, a foot long or something. I suspect your snakes are a little bit more exotic and, and larger than that. So mine and my son's, his, his snake is a little more exotic than mine. Uh, they're both the same ball python, but there's a whole bunch of variations colors wise and all types of stuff. So his is a little more exotic in that, in that term, but mine's, I got it from Petco. It was like $50. And then I got another one. Those are both, mine's a little older. It's like five feet. His is probably three feet. And then I got another one at a, you guys have heard of Comic-Con. Yep. So what I went to is called Repticon, which is yes. reptile people's version <laughs> of the greatest place on earth. Uh, so there, you go in there and it's a whole entire arena filled with snakes and alligators and frogs and any animal you can think of that's a reptile or they got spiders as well. Um, you go in there and it's a dream world. So I ended up getting a snake from there when there was one in Charlotte back in college. Sounds like a hell world. There's some stuff that I'm afraid of. And it sounds like this doesn't sound like the best place on earth for me. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on who you're asking. So there's, there, you're going to see the people walking around with tarantulas crawling on them and the guy with the 18 foot boa around him. But I ended up getting a boa from there, uh, a sunglow boa. And it's about 11 feet, 11 and a half. It actually just shed while I, right before I was about to click onto the call, I took shed out of its uh, enclosure. And it's about 11 feet. Like this isn't something like, are you just walking around with the boa around your neck? No, right? Like this thing can't be trusted. It's a damn boa. No, I'd take the boa out all the time. I'll, I could take it out now and it, it'll be fine. I mean, geez. <laughs> <laughs> that seems very stressful. No, it, okay. you, you take it out and it's it just keeps keeps you warm around your neck and you walk around the neighborhood and all the kids love it and the parents hate it because the kids come home and say, I want one too. <laughs> yes. It's, it's great. It's advertising. Okay. Now, Mac, I, I have to picture and I want you to describe to me, what is the look on the face of, of Chris Greer and, and Brian Flores when they find out that one of their wide receivers has not only a boa in his house, but an 11 foot boa? Oh, uh, it's the snakes have always been a Mac. You can do whatever you want with them. Just don't bring them here. Uh, whether that was when I was in Philly or when I was here. It's like Mac, just keep keep when we if we ever have a bring a pet to work day, that does not include you. You have no you have no role in that. So do not bring the snakes. Don't don't think about bringing the snakes. So the snakes unfortunately are are banned from a, any uh dolphins connected facility uh, now uh, along the lines of this this animal stuff i saw great reporting by joe shad yesterday in a tweet that said <laughs> mac hollins is considering using his bye week to clean 
and also possibly acquire an alligator. So how's that going? Yeah, so that's uh, I've always wanted a gator. Uh, Who hasn't? For a while, for a while, <laughs> for a while since college. The thing with with gators is, you know, a lot of people if they want exotic animals, they're like, oh, I want a big cat, I want a gator, I want a monkey, but they don't have the space or the enclosure to to really be able to treat that animal well. Yeah. And in, like, I would want a gator right now because now that I'm in Florida, I'm able to get a small gator within, you know, a foot long. When that gets to two to three feet, I can now trade it in with the, the gator farm, get a small one again and, and keep it in that range. Okay. What's oh. tough is people will get gators and then they get to six feet because people tell them, oh, if you keep it in a small tank, it'll just stay that size forever. And that's not necessarily true. Um, so then they get a six foot gator that doesn't fit in that three foot tank anymore. And they're like, well, what am I supposed to do with it? So then they let it go, which is why we have the snake problem down in Florida. Um, so for me, when I came down here, it's like I, if I'm now able to treat the animal well, and have one i would love to get one but that'll have to pass with my girlfriend so there's a lot more barriers <laughs> right, right, right right i would have a whole zoo if it, if i was single probably Gotta dot uh, some yeah dot some eyes cross some t's yeah but now i finally have some some structure in my life <laughs> now mac uh if i understand correctly in, in a month or two you've got uh, a, another baby coming into the house a second child and how's that going to go over the idea that that uh Right here in the crib is the infant, and in the next room is the eleven foot boa. How does that go over with uh, with the partner there? Um, she has learned to accept. Uh, <laughs> she hates it. How I am, uh, <laughs> okay. uh, and has has learned that that's just kind of part of who I am. I'm not. I, I doubt. I don't want to say not because you never know. I don't think I'm going to be the person that you see on Instagram or TikTok or whatever that has the kid riding the snake or like laying <laughs> oh on the God. couch. I don't think I'm at that level yet. Okay. Uh, you never know. Maybe my third child will have to, to bear that burden. Yeah, the third one. It's yeah. yeah it's yeah, at that point. It's like, I mean, <laughs> like everything's getting passed down to the first. It's all we're, we're fine. But I don't think I'll be at that level. But the, so the enclosure that the boa is in is it's uh, I can lay down in it. It's six feet wide, uh, four feet tall, two feet front to back. But it has a key and lock to to close it. So it's pretty secure. And I'm the only one that has the key. But if the baby wants to go in there to hang out, I I, <laughs> I, I don't think the snake will bother. The, sna the, the snake doesn't really bother anybody, but it's more of a, a natural fear that people, I think, have. Yeah, it's just like, oh, no, I can't. I can't be near the snake. Um, uh, we're good friends with uh, Ron McGill from Zoo Miami. Uh, and, and I'm curious what he would say if he were in the Zoom right now about this conversation we're having. Um, I don't know whether he would sanction the 11 foot boa <laughs> in the house. What do you think, Christopher? You know, Ron, yeah, I think if you're if you're giving these animals the space they need, which it sounds like Mac is, I think Ron loves people that are into animals. Like, I, I like, you know, the whole stuff with Tiger King and like illegal, like, you know, I don't think Mac is running like a, a, a whole tiger circus around here. So I think, I think he'd be, I think Ron would be cool with it. Mac, is it true that you don't own a car? I do not. I've not had a car in ever. I, I shared a car in high school and never had a car in college. Uh, never had a car in the NFL. Just rode my, I, I got a pedal, I got a couple pedal bikes, um, some e-bikes. So I've just always pushed with the two legs. Wow. I, I'm fascinated why that is. Obviously, it's not a money issue. You're a professional football player. So with his first big NFL check, he bought a boa instead of a car. <laughs> you know, that's it. That's it. What's what's confusing about it, Dad? Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Um, you know, I would like you to put wheels on the boa and and somehow figure out a way to yeah, actually works. ride the boa to camp. That would right. Be I'd have the best car in, in, in the lot. Uh, well, I, so <laughs> I get out of college. First thing I do, I pay back student loans. The second thing I do is, well, I already had the boa, so I didn't buy the boa. Okay. 
I was, I was financially savvy in college. Um, <laughs> so second thing I did, I, I think, uh, cause usually the car is the next big purchase. And once I pay back student loans, it's like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm living pretty good. So I, ended up, I, I got an e-bike, ended up getting an electric bike, uh, which basically broke the bank. I think it was like $1,500. Really? In my mind, that was, that was, that took a while to, to press send on that, on that online order. That, that one, if it's not for my snakes, it, things take a long time for me to say, okay, I can do it. Right. Yeah. Ever since then, it's like, it's, it's just always, it's been easy to ride down in Florida, especially because it's always warm. And if it rains, I'll throw a poncho on and I'm, it's pretty, it's pretty convenient. So are we like bumming rides off teammates, like texting, like, Hey, Tua, can you pick me up? Like what's happening here? It ha- it has to be raining something serious for me to, to ask somebody. Like I've come, I've rode, rode home in like extreme, can't see in front of you downpours. Um, it's gotta be where I have to be home at a certain time that I'll say like, Hey, can I throw the bike in the truck? Like, who are, who are the uh, the BFFs on the team that, that get the first text of, hey, can you pick me up? The guys you don't feel bad asking because it's a bit of an ass. Hey, can you pick me up? Stuff like that. Like You got to be kind of cool with people. Who are we asking? Really, it depends. If I'm if I'm leaving my house to go to the facility, I'm going to ask whoever's closest. If I'm leaving the facility to go to home, I'm going to ask whoever whoever is on my path <laughs> to the parking lot. And if they have a truck, anybody that got has a pickup truck, because oh, I'm putting my bike in it, like forty year old virgin stuff. You got a trunk, because I'm putting my bike in it. Hey, can I throw the bike in the back? Hey, I'm real close. Yeah, I'm like, hey, I'm right up the road. I got, I'll throw the bike in. There. I'll even sit in the back if you want. You know, I make it sweet for them. Yeah. Hey, you want me to grab your food? Uh, let me grab, go to Diner Home, grab you some food. <laughs> let me hop in in the truck. It'll be quick. It'll be quick. Uh, so you, no, the guys are great. So usually, if I really need one, they'll, they'll give it to me because then they'll they'll laugh at me and tell me you need to get a car, and I have to hear that speech. I want to talk celebrations with you. Um, see, I, 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 you have a few. Like, I see when you do. Is, is it a backpack we're putting on when we get first downs? Yeah, yeah. You put okay. the. You gotta put the backpack on. Okay, you got the back. I saw that you, and I'm gonna butcher this because I'm a little older than the kids these days. After you, you down to punt at the one yard line. Was that the gritty? We gritted. Yep. I don't want to. Yeah. I know I sound so white when I say that, but. <laughs> Um, so like when you're, cause dad, like you mentioned his offensive as a receiver, but he's also, I think nominated to be a pro bowler on special teams. So he does a lot of stuff for the Dolphins. So I'm wondering outside, I'm assuming touchdowns, number one. So outside of a touchdown, what is like the best, like, like was it the downing at a one yard line? What's the second best time to celebrate for Matt Collins? Um, honestly, I might, I might say downing a punt is, is ahead of touchdowns. Wow. Really? Yeah. I think, I think touchdowns are. I don't know. It's just touchdowns have so much that go into them in terms of it's designed for this. It hits versus this defense. Um, whereas downing a punt sometimes when like you don't when that ball is punted, unless it's caught in the air, which is. Yeah, I'm not going to celebrate as much. But if it, if it hits off a bounce and you don't know where that ball might bounce, it can hit left, right, jump far. And there's so many variables that go into it. And it's also something that's not celebrated at all. But it's a huge play. Like if the defense went and sacked the quarterback on the one yard line. Everybody would be like, that's the greatest play ever. But when right. a gunner goes down the ball on the one, it's just like, oh, well, the offense is starting on the one. So I, I try to celebrate that as much as possible because it's like, that's a huge play. There's no defensive line in the world. Yeah, that wouldn't want to go out there and be like, hey, we're starting on the one, guys. We're about to go get a safety. That's what they're all saying when they come on the field now. That's a very um, valid point because I feel like the punter, and nothing against punters, I feel like the punter gets a disproportionate amount of credit for a ball that's downed at the one where it's really the guy on the back end looking for that crazy bounce who should get the credit yeah the, you know our, luckily like like Pilardi's really like his plus 50 ball is is really good if you look I'm sure throughout the year you could see that like a lot of times I'm just catching it at the five or the other gunner is just catching it at the five or inside the five and that's I mean that's not really us that's like we're just running it he's putting it right where it needs to be and then every so often he puts one and he can like the way he punts it he 
clicks it at the two and it bounces back to the four. Um, and that's the type of stuff where people just don't notice it because it's not a touchdown or an interception. But that's a huge play. To kick a ball off your foot and make it spin backwards from the two and land on the five is like, <laughs> it's not the easiest thing in the world. Right. Brian Flores says that being the gunner on special teams is the single toughest position in the NFL. How would you describe that role? What is it like for people who don't know it? Yeah, I oftentimes describe it as if you were to turn the treadmill all the way up to the fastest speed it goes, run on the treadmill (laughs) while while two of your friends take pillows and just and if you want to go to the next level, they don't have pillows and they just try to push you, but stay on that treadmill (laughs) while they're pushing you. And then once you get to the end, go dive off the treadmill and go tackle a guy. (laughs) That's, that's Gunner in the NFL. Uh, Wow. So it's tough. (laughs) And it is the, yeah, the, the least looked at play because the camera's not even on you. The camera's going to be on the punter. Right. You have to basically get beat up for 50 yards and then keep yourself from getting beat up at the very end and go tackle a guy who's not moving at all. And you're moving a hundred meter dash and he can go any direction. Um, so it, yeah, it's, he's definitely right in saying that. So like you look at guys like Matthew Slater, who have done it for 15 years. There's a, there's a reason he's one of the best ever. Is that a guy? That's a perfect name. Matthew Slater. It, like who's the guy in the <laughs> NFL that like hardly any fans know who they are, let alone appreciate what they do. But guys in the NFL are like, that dude is talented. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about a guy that, in my opinion, is a first ballot Hall of Famer, I know special teamers don't always get the love that they may deserve. He would be the guy that there's not a single person in the NFL that doesn't know his name. But I'd say 10% of people outside the NFL know his name. To go to nine Pro Bowls, to be at the highest level for how long he did, I think he has four Super Bowls. And you can say it's Tom or it's Bill or whoever you want, but he played a large role in all those seasons. Is he actually that much better than other gunners and stuff? Or is he just known as that guy? So now he kind of makes it like, isn't, doesn't every team kind of have a Matthew Slater? Like you're like, you know, kind of like a Matt Collins who like kills on special teams, but the fans just kind of ignore it. Um, I think it, it's a little bit of both. So for him to become Matthew Slater, right. he had to be the no-name guy that was, okay, he yeah. downed a punt. Oh, he made this tackle. But now he made another tackle. Wait, now he, stripped, now he blocked a punt. Now he stripped the ball. Like those things stack up. You don't just become Matthew Slater. Then once he became Matthew Slater, now he, yeah. he became, now he's, oh, that's Matthew, like that's Slater. Like when you don't have to say your first name, yeah, that's, that's when you've, you, you've done something right. Where does most trash talk go down? on a football field or, or would fans be surprised to learn that it's not as like, there's not as much real sh- Like people aren't getting like actually mad at each other. It's more just like, we know we're both here to do a job type thing. I think it's all dependent on who you are. Like some players talk more trash than others. If I were to say like on average, where you're going to hear the most is probably O-line, D-line, just because how close they are. They're clashing every play. It's kind of like more like a basketball game where you're just like next to the same guy all game, 60 minutes. Uh, whereas the further you get away from the ball, the harder it is to like, if I talk trash to a DB, the next play, he might not even be on me. He might be on the other side or I might be out and somebody else might be in. Or if it's in the kicking game, I might run down there at punt and say something, but it's like, okay, I might not see you again for 20 plays. So that's not going to really stick with you for too long. But yeah, I think the closer you get to the ball, the easier it is to just say like, I can talk trash to you because I know you're playing right tackle or you're playing defense end the whole game. 
Mac, I don't think most fans realize um, the unusualness of this Dolphin season. You guys lose seven games in a row. You've now won five games in a row. In NFL history, that's only happened once before. It was around the time you were born. It was 1994, the New York Giants. Only other time a seven-game losing streak has been followed by a five-game winning streak. And I'm curious if you can sort of bring us inside that locker room, how low it was at one and seven, and how much more fun it is going to work on a five-game winning streak. It's got to be like it, the, the whole thing is flipped for you guys, right? Yeah, I think obviously winning makes everybody happier. That's just kind of that's just life in general. When things are going well, your life is better. Um, but this team is has been incredible this year. You know, nobody sees what happens in the locker room. We talked about special teams not being seen, but like nobody sees what happens in the locker room, whether we're winning or losing. People just see the end result. Um, and yeah, it's tough that we weren't winning those games, but now we are, and things are starting to click, and things are start we're, we're starting to roll, but. The biggest thing, the biggest message has always been, even when we were losing, was one week at a time. Like, we're on a bye week right now. Take care of your body. Have fun. Enjoy it. Take the rest so that when you come back, you want to go to practice. You want to come to meetings. Because when we come back, we play the Jets. And that's that's the team that, hey, we're this week and then whatever happens after that week, we'll figure that out when we get there. You know, Sunday at, at 4 p.m. when the game's over, we'll figure out what, what we're going to do the week after that. But that's always been the message, and that's what's, I think, helped us flip things a lot is just really focus on just one at a time. The rest, the rest will fall in place. You can't control what happens two weeks down the line. Just focus on what's happening this week. Mac, what is the happiest you've seen Brian Flores? The happiest moment, the, the snapshot of him that was maybe a little uncharacteristic where this – because in the media, the Brian Flores he presents to the media, it's so even-keeled. You, you don't know from him visually or even – necessarily by what he's saying, whether you've just had a heartbreaking loss or a big win, he's just so even keeled. I wonder, I'm looking for one moment. I'm looking for the happiest okay. you've seen Brian Flores. I don't know if there's like one particular moment. I think we've had a, a couple where when you, you're when you're in training camp and you're there for a month straight with the same guys over and over and, and the inside jokes start to brew of like what has happened throughout camp and you laugh and like he's not, it's easy to look at her, his interviews and be like, oh, this guy must be a robot or something. Um, and that's probably good to be like that um, because it allows the interview to go through the way it needs to go. And we can go focus on the next opponent and not have to worry about questions and all that. But he's a great dude. Like he, he laughs and he has fun with us. And at the end of the day, it's when it comes down to it's serious business. Like, hey, if you're screwing around, he's going to say something to you. But when we, when we make plays of practice, like he smiles and laughs. I think that if we can, you know, continue to be successful, usually that's how it goes with coaches is the more successful you are throughout the year. When you, if you can get to that game where there isn't another week to prepare to, that's usually when you can steal a smile out of a coach. Um, so I think in the back of everybody's mind is, Hey, can we just continue to win? But obviously one week at a time, but in the back of your mind, it's, Hey, everybody has that ultimate goal in this, in this business. We're going to get you out of here soon, by the way, we appreciate all the time you're giving oh, us. Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, Brian Flores, I believe, was ranked very high on a recent article written about best-looking NFL head coaches. I'm wondering if that got on the team's radar and anyone was like, hey, coach, you know you're the second-best-looking head coach in the league. Is that something that ever gets into the like jokes about in the locker room? Uh, no, but I, I might have to bring that in. Yeah, I, I'll send it to you. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard that one. But I believe he was second. I believe some website did a top like ranked all 32 head coaches based on how good looking they are. And I believe Brian Flores finished only behind Matt LaFleur. Oh, fantastic. That means I can give him a hard time about coming in second. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Because if anybody's going to do it, I'm the guy that that would bring it to him. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Uh, this, this is just great ammunition for me. What's the best prank you've seen in your career in the NFL? Um, 
if you, uh, this was years ago, uh, the shrine in uh, Nick Foles's locker. I don't know if you all remember that. <laughs> the candles and stuff. Yeah. Chris Long. Okay. So I was injured at the time. Um, I was actually the one who went and bought the candles. Chris was like, hey, Matt, go to go to the store and just buy like all the Jesus and stuff candles. Well, I go to the store and I, like, I'm like, hey, do y'all have like divinity candles or anything? And I go and they got everybody. There's like a whole section. I'm like, this is great. So I end up buying a whole bunch. He sets them up in Nick's locker. And because um, like St. Nick was the thing yeah. during our little run. Uh, so that was probably like one of the, one of the, the funnier That's ones. Cool uh because chris is like yeah he's a he's a whole thing yeah <laughs> um, but yeah that was probably like the, the the best one now i see you worked out with two was it every day or a lot during this off season you and Tua were throwing a lot this off season i saw and i'm just curious like i know like I, I trying to avoid getting you to just say the obvious you know he's progressed he's you know he's really taken a step this season like do you have like a story or anything in particular that you know that just kind of gives dolphin fans like an insight into kind of who Tua is I mean, Tua, great to me. Like, I think he's always been who he is, and that's what makes him great, especially coming from somebody like me, who I just am who I am. <laughs> he's not going to just be be somebody just because people want him to be. I think in this business, the there's like the stereotypical quarterback. He has to be this, this, this. His hand needs to be this size. His height needs to be this size. He needs to say this in an interview. And Tua has been great being who he is. And he's been successful, whether that's from Alabama or it's here, being who who Tua is. And that's what's great about him. Like, yeah, we, we put in a lot of work all in this offseason, but we'll also go golf or we play chess now all the time or like we mess around. We got, I got Rubik's Cubes in my locker and we do that type of stuff. Like he he's also a guy that you can go hang out with and not be, oh, I got to act a little different because it's Tua. I can't be the guy who I am because it's Tua. I don't know if Dolphins fans are looking for something to make him seem more human. What's he do after he duffs a chip? Now I'm interested in this. When he duffs a chip, or is he a really good golfer and he's not duffing a lot of chips? He's not He's not duffing too many, but I'll, I'm giving him a hard time yes. before he swings, during yes. the swing, after the swing. Yes. Yeah, nobody nobody gets a, a, a free pass with me. I don't care who it is. <laughs> is he a left-handed uh, golfer? No, he's righty. Is what? He? That's yep. weird. No. I was totally picturing left-handed. Okay. No, he's like how I am. I'm left-handed and I swing ready. Huh. Wow. Fun. Now, uh, who wins in chess? Oh, me by Lance. Nobody on the team beats me in, in chess. Really? Yeah. So you're the grandmaster. I'm, I'm coming for, for Magnus Carlsen. Uh, he's about to get another world championship, but one of these years, I'm coming for him. Okay. He's about 1,200. No, he's probably 1,600 points ahead of me, but I, I'm coming. Wait a minute. You're actually like a ranked player? Like you're serious about chess? I'm um, like on the... Uh, on the, on the app, I am, but like low rank, 1,200 around there. Um, I'd say usually on the app, you can take away like 100 or so points. So I'm probably in the 1,000 to 1,100 rank um, if you were to play in person. Wow. You big Queen's Gambit guy? Big Queen Queen's Gambit guy? I wasn't a huge Queen's Gambit guy. Oh. I saw a couple episodes and it was, I don't know, it, it was a little too much for me. I don't know if it was the overdosing on pills that made her be able to see the board or what right. What it was. It was just a little, it was a bit strange, strange to me. Well, I, I get the like, I think it was good for the chess community because it brought a lot of people to thinking chess was was cool, which is great because I think chess is really cool. Do you mention the little O, a nickname? Did you give yourself that Obama nickname? I'm not sure. I want I, I probably did. 
That's a heady play if you did. I mean, that's just that's a man who thinks a lot of himself, and he's just like, yep, I can be little Obama. Yeah, I think I did, because I, I ended up being voted most likely to become president my senior year. I mean, you are very impressive. Like, I have to admit, everything, the chess stuff, you just seem you're friendly. You're not a robot during this interview. Right. I mean, you got a lot of Obama qualities, I'd say. You got a lot of charisma. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And well, I know you were looking for that from me you were like i need the approval of this I guy need, i need, I need him to think that it's a good nickname <laughs> if chris don't approve then i so if you I'll, weren't I, I just want you to know i approve of the nickname i appreciate it there you go i i, I do want to say that um there's supposed to be no cheering in the press box but when mac hollins catches a touchdown um we're we're sort of looking at each other and smirking in the press box because we know when mac comes into the post game interview room that there will be some personality who comes in with him this guy is the the opposite of of a, of a robot who's going to say exactly what you predict he would say. Um, you bring personality to the job, and uh, I appreciate that, man. Well, th- well thank you. Yeah, I, I, I try to be as, as open as I can about, about the game. Uh, I think the game can be too serious sometimes, and you got to remember it's a children's game, the same game you played in the, in, in the parking lots and fields and every place you could. Uh, you, you can't you can't allow yourself to get too caught up in the in the business side of it. It is a business at the end of the day, but don't 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 let yourself get lost in it. The song "Return of the Mac" overkill because people bring it up your entire life or banger. Um, that's that will forever be a banger, especially when I go to other stadiums and and I tell it. Look here, they go playing my song. Look, they love me. <laughs> they love me because every stadium plays it, and I get in warm ups. Oh, they love me. They want me to score today. Look how they playing my song. They can't help it. So I will always love that song. The problem is you never hear Mac the Knife in a stadium. It's okay. just not done. Yeah, that's I, I only play that pregame. I, I have to play that through the headphones. Okay, that that one they're not. That one's gonna get cut off for sure. That's not gonna last too long on the airways in the stadium. <laughs> Mac, thanks for joining us today, man. This is awesome. No, thank you both. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the ride you're on. I know five in a row is not easy to do in the NFL, man. Enjoy it. Thank you. We will. Hopefully, we get some more. Right back to work. All right. See you, Mac. Thank you. Great, Chris. Appreciate y'all. I'm telling you, I've said this before. If When I think of driving home from work on a Friday afternoon, I think of Return of the Mac. It's my jam, the beat, the lyrics. It wasn't until a couple of years ago. I, I didn't even know the lyrics. Like I didn't realize it was she lied to me. It was, I thought it was like I thought it was like your love and mine. <laughs> like I thought I, I didn't even know the lyrics for like the first ten years of me singing it. But but I, that is my go-to. Dad, I don't even. It's been so long since you went to an office. I'm trying to imagine what you listen to on a Friday when you're like done with work for the week. Because because I think when you're working from home, it's just you un, unscrewing a Miller Lite. That's what the the drive home song is for you. Um, <laughs> that is the soundtrack of my weekend, that sound. Um, no, I, I, I don't really have a, every day is Friday to Greg Cody. Every day is a Friday afternoon. Uh, there is a country song by George Jones called Finally Friday. Yeah. And, and the whole lyric is about Finally Friday. Hey, let's get our drink on. Let's celebrate. And so that's sort of a cool song. Uh, if, if I'm desperate for a let's uh, uncork the weekend song, it's probably Finally Friday by uh, George Jones. I imagine Yeti's is pirate radio anthem. <laughs> <laughs> nice plug. Yes, I'm blasting my own tunes on the way home. No, usually <laughs> yeah. if we're talking serious, like what I'm actually listening to, it's usually catching up on Mystery Crate or, uh, or Cinephile. <laughs> oh, look at you. 
Oh, nice plug. I love it. Love you. Mwah. But if I'm driving and I need to pick a song that like just lets it all out, it'd be Foo Fighters all my life, probably. There you go. That's solid. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Get that done done on to the next one. Okay. Yeah, that's a song that Greg Cody has been a Mac Daddy to back in his day, probably. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, Mac Daddy. I, I don't know. Done, done. On to the next one. Speaking of Mac Daddy, according to Urban Dictionary, the, the definition of Mac Daddy, or some of the definitions are, Mac Daddy, a male of superior looks, a player of players, a romantic lady killer. Maybe. One of many model-looking girlfriends. <laughs> a player whose pimp game is internationally known. A major pimp, a, a major, major pimping person. So there's are some of your definitions of Mac Daddy. I feel like we had it right. I feel like we had it right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mac Holland is the Mac Daddy of uh, NFL players. There's no question about that. Um, I, I want to give a, a Lobos update in a minute, and it's a sad oh, one. God, it's a sad one. But before we do that and close out, um, Manny Diaz, the the deposed, fired University of Miami football coach. Um, Landed on his feet, and, and I'm happy about it. He, I, I said when he was fired, um, his best case is to turn up as a defensive coordinator at a Power five, 5 school, and he did. Penn State. And you were exactly right, Greg Cody. Penn State hired him as the defensive coordinator, and I'm happy for the guy. And there's a phenomenon at work in, in American sports, I think, where if your coach is let go, he's vilified. You want to kick him as he as he. Uh, is booted out the door. And and I hate that because I don't feel like people, I don't feel like Canes fans are doing that with Manny Diaz. Don't though. you really? No, I don't. Okay. No, I feel like, I feel like he, you know, Al Golden, when he left, that was like, Ooh, people don't like him. Like, I feel like Manny right. Diaz realizes that like, you know, I don't know. I just, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I just don't feel like the Canes fans I hear don't like hate Manny Diaz. I think they were just like, he's just like, we want to be better than that kind of thing. Right. I hope you're right. Uh, and by the way, he looks so much better as a defensive coordinator when he gets those big headphones on like that. Those big headphones look ridiculous as a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator, the way you whip those things off and talk to your defensive guys, it just fits better. He just looks more like a defensive coordinator. Right. He looked overwhelmed. He looked overwhelmed as a head coach. It's a natural fit for him to, to be in charge of a defense. And I wish him well. Uh, he tried his hardest with Miami. He Nobody wanted to succeed in that job more than he has. He really did. And uh, he tried hard. That's he right. Tried he tried hard. hard. Yes. He, he tried, tried hard. hard. Wow. What a pathetic <laughs> chant. Seriously. Like, what are you doing? Like, all right, we get it. You don't have to be that nice to him. Like, we're just saying now he tried. Speaking of trying hard and not succeeding, tell us about your Lobos. <laughs> Speaking of we tried hard. <laughs> Look, Greg's Lobos. This is pathetic. A, a couple of weeks ago, we were nine and two. We were alone in first place. We were sailing across the ocean. Now we've lost two games in a row. We are in jeopardy as we speak here Sunday evening. We are in jeopardy of losing a third game in a row and blowing the first round playoff uh, by. And so honestly, Hard Knocks wanted to come to Miami this week and record another Hard Knocks Greg's Lobos episode. And I said, no, we're not going to do it. My guys don't deserve that. This wasn't us just tired of producing that bit. <laughs> That's right. We had to turn it down. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, he, he doesn't even deserve the nickname L Jack anymore. He it, has spiraled. He got 
he got hurt. On this. I know, but he's been a big disappointment for me. I speak about my players more candidly than most coaches. He's been that way ever since uh, ever since you had dinner with him. So I, this might be your fault, Greg. It could be. Yeah, ever since you had dinner. I, I'm noticing a correlation between ever since Hard Knocks went away, it seems like the Lobos have been kind of been fluttering. Yeah. It, it, that could be, but at any rate, we have to really pick it up because the playoffs start next week. We may or may not have a first round by, so check back next week. Oh, I can't wait to find out. I know. It's just uh, such drama building in the, local. The, maybe the Greg Cody show handle on Twitter will tweet out whether you have a buyer or not because there's people that are listening to this that aren't just aren't going to be able to wait yeah. until next Monday to find out. You know what? Let's do that. We're going to do that yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, tune into the new episode. You, ca- you guys are going to love Matt Collins. I guarantee you he's going to be a fun listen. Uh, we appreciate all of you coming back every week telling your friends about us uh, rate Wait a review minute. and all that stuff. Did my dad did my dad just say you're going to love Matt Collins? Dad, we already did the Matt Collins interview. Oh yeah, that's true. But if, uh, <laughs> you know, we hope you loved Matt Collins. <laughs> we hope that you love Matt Collins. That is how you make Collins. a podcast sound natural. <laughs> I'm an amateur. I've been doing this less than two years. I'm a podcast amateur. <laughs> amateur. A amateur. Uh, thank you all for joining me despite that. Appreciate it. That's right. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Yes, good night, everybody. <laughs> that, kind of thing. that kind of thing. Let's do it to a satisfying. Good night. See you next week. <laughs>